Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I I just want to announce that uh, my name is Ryan, and this is my favorite podcast on... On the Citadel? <laughs> I didn't think that far. <laughs> I thought, okay, it's my favorite podcast, but like... Should I say Citadel? Is it like, do I say Podcatcher? And then I get made fun of for saying Podcatcher. I don't know why I call it a Podcatcher. It's just a podcast app, really. Um, I don't even know where I <laughs> well, got that from. Well, this bit went off the rails pretty quickly. <laughs> As it always does. Uh, sort of similar to how my driving works in uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition because... Ah, okay. Yeah. I was like, are, are you just going to leave that one hanging too? No, That's no, just no. how my driving is. I run people off the road all nope. the time. <laughs> the Mako. And it's yeah. weirdly inexplicable. It doesn't have an. It doesn't have a boost. No. It has thrusters, which never work <laughs> the way you want them to. Like, say, if you're trying to go uphill. I'm going to use my thrusters to go uphill better. No, it's just going to send you backwards straight up, and then you're going to fall back off the hill and... What? It has a boost. Does it? Okay. What's the boost button? <laughs> Left bumper. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'm going to try that because I have been just cruising on all these really dull, faded planets. Uh, some are really cool looking, but most are are pretty... This is the desert. This is... This is Mars. God, there's a man. there's a lot of desert. <laughs> God forbid you go to the Mars and it's just like, well, why are we even trying to go to Mars? It's just, it's really just a red dust planet. It's not that great. Um, <laughs> but I did go to a, I did go to like a frost planet, um, otherwise known as like ice or or whatever, and it worked. It worked. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, we're playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm sure everybody knows this by now, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's I got to just get right off the bat. Like I think it's a it's a fantastic sort of remaster of these three games cuz we we often forget these came out a long time ago in the sense that they are 360 games. Yeah, so 2007 is uh, is Mass Effect. So mm -hmm. 14 years ago. That oh That's an wow. old game. I didn't even put it in that perspective. Now, Mass Effect 3 famously came out the year we started this podcast. Yes. And uh, we covered everything about that game. The the lead up, um, the and ending. And even that, Ryan, was nine years ago. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it. And it's funny. It doesn't feel nine years ago that this that this trilogy concluded. Um, it, it also is weird that we've we've kind of experienced Mass Effect's conclusion and then ultimately its lowest lows with Andromeda mm. on the show. And I mean, Andromeda, for what it was at launch, yeah, not a great delivery. But from what I understand, they fixed a lot of those issues. And because they fixed those issues, they were like, uh, yeah, we can't do DLC for this. We spent way too much time fixing it, which was a bummer because there was a lot of left uh, story points and stuff. But very much separate from that original trilogy that we're going to talk about tonight, and I think I think this trilogy is better off for it. I mean, I, I could imagine if they tried to continue this trilogy with a failed game, I don't think we'd be getting the package we got last week. You know, mm -hmm. it would feel as though it would have tainted like that original experience, but because it was sort of separate, it kind of kept this. We can be excited for this trilogy and kind of forget the fact that Andromeda 
existed yeah in all forget those that exactly forget that andromeda ever happened <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird i i can't think of another franchise that sort of has this sort of side pseudo sequel off to the side that can be ignored right while we while we look back at this trilogy and be like oh man remember mass effect and no one seems to <laughs> no one seems to say like yeah but what about andromeda it's like nah remember <laughs> mass effect i was like okay yeah <laughs> It's true. It's true. And I think that they, like you said, it is a very good, I think, um, re, I was gonna say remaster, but like, is that even the right word? Like revitalization? It feels in a lot of places like a totally new game. And you can still tell because um, I will say I've only played Mass Effect. I haven't played two or three yet. I'm I'm kind of working my way through. I'm going to carry a character through and, and play the whole trilogy. And so I think that the it's funny, like the updates to the original game are very noticeable on like in a good way, in a bad way. It's like you can tell that they have update because it was a 720p game, right? Like it wasn't even a 1080 game. Uh, so the update in all the textures and stuff make it like look really nice. And like it's it's come into like the modern era. But then you can also tell that they're on like low poly old like skeletons and some of the animations aren't you know as good as you have come to expect over literally the last 14 years um but i think that like overall they've done a really good job because they've changed a lot of things and i think it's most obvious in the first game of the trilogy right because it's the oldest character creation though for mass effect legendary edition the character creation i will say like and i don't know if this was like an addition after the fact or if it was um like i don't know carried through and old and whatever but um i played through a good like hour where there was like I, I was playing, I guess, with like default femshep, I guess. <laughs> and like, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, how do I not be a soldier? Like, I don't want to be a soldier. I want to go because I always liked, especially when we were playing um, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, was I really liked being able to play as the Vanguard class. I was like, that was really cool. I liked getting up close. I was always bad at like shooting stuff. So playing with a shotgun and like, big huge kaboomy powers was really fun i'm like how do how do i do that play style do i have to like learn those talent do i have to learn like go find a trainer in the citadel or something and i couldn't figure it out so i ended up looking it up and then so i was like okay what where is this and so i went back and created a whole entire new character <laughs> and started the game all over again <laughs> because i didn't realize because it shows you like um I think, does it say like Jack Shepard and Jane Shepard or something? Yeah, I had this problem as well. And then underneath it, it said like, um, enter new ID or like something really strange that doesn't say like custom character. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. I thought they wanted like a code from like my previous Mass Effects or something. And I'm like, well, I don't have that. So I just picked Jane Shepard because I'm like, okay, I want to play as the female Shepard. But then it gave me no character creation options. So I had to like Google it. And then they were like, oh, yeah, well, you can in Legendary Edition, you can bloody blah, blah do all these things and including create Fem Shep. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. 
<laughs> and it took me like I like I say, I had to go back and like restart my whole entire game because it's that enter enter ID or whatever that you have to go in if you want to make yourself like a totally different character that isn't just like default generic like soldier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the way it works, uh, that, and I discovered that as well. I didn't end up starting and restarting. I got as far as like clicking on because I wanted to play as Femship. I hadn't played as Femship through the whole trilogy when it first came out, and uh, you you choose Jane Shepard, and it kind of like says, "All right, you're ready to go. Want to want to start?" And I'm like, "I'm totally gonna play as default Femship because I am terrible at creating a custom character, and I want to <laughs> just play the game because I always get lost in those creators and." I end up just going with the default anyways because I'm terrible at at making them. And uh, and I was like, no, but I want to choose a class, even though my memory of Mass Effect 1 is the class is important, but you can't think, you know, I was in the same boat as you. I'm thinking like, oh, man, I really love doing X, Y, and Z in Mass Effect 2 and 3, but that's not the case in 1. 1 is the combat is very simple in 1. It boils down to, you know, shooting uh the you know bullet sponges and using various spamming various powers until the enemies die there's not a whole lot of there is strategy in the first one but it's not as complex as the sequels they really ratchet up the gameplay in two and three that's why people are so they are so, so in love with two because it is such a a realization of what bioware wanted to make here but one was really holds up in the story uh, side of things. But with the character creator, yeah, it's, I had the same issues. It's a story that I had never actually experienced because, like I, I said, I think last week or the week before uh, when we were first talking about this, is that I kind of bounced off the first one because I started with Mass Effect 2 because they had that whole uh, thing at the beginning where it was kind of like, here's your major decision points from Mass Effect. You can either import a character or tell us what you did. So um, I never actually played through the original. I just jumped right into two because um, I can't remember who told me to play it. It it might've actually been John who has been or had been on the show uh, a couple of times as a guest, like way, way, way back, like (laughs) eight or 10 years ago at this point. Um, I think he he was the one who actually said that I would really enjoy Mass Effect. Uh, but at that time, I think two was out and three was like coming soon within the next like year or so. And he was like, no, nah, you don't need to play one. There's a lot of janky controls. Just jump right into two. The story's not that important. And now that I'm playing it through, I'm like, man, there is so much backstory here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so much world building. Not that they didn't explain stuff in Mass Effect 2, but like... Oh, man, they just they are all about like, hey, this is my race and here's our backstory and this is why I'm joining your crew. Like, it's just it's very like in your face. It's a really nice like base (laughs) to the rest of the series. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot to it. I having, you know, returning to Mass Effect one after playing the trilogy and having, well, as you said, a decade to kind of sit with it, you you (laughs) see a lot of these um sort of forward thinking like foreshadowing in one where there was a mention of Cerberus and it's like oh man like Cerberus has already got its fingers in in all these different like evil plots and you kind of see that (laughs) and 
at the moment when you're playing Mass Effect 1, it just feels like, oh, that's just a really evil sounding organization. Probably has nothing to do with what, what's going on here. And they talk about the Reapers and the Geth. And you don't get a lot of... And, and also you're talking to Tally, who's a, who is... Um, I think she's a Korean. She's talking about how uh, her civilization was sort of put on the run by the Geth after what happened uh, when they tried to deactivate all the Geth that they created. And you, she basically says like, oh, you know, I, I have to find an item for my pilgrimage so I can return to, to our ships, to the fleet. And you say, oh, well, I'll help you do that. And she says, no, we'll do that later. And that's totally like a callback to, or a call forward to you dealing with that in two with the loyalty missions and, and three with the sort mm. of wrapping up everything type stuff. So they're, they they do telegraph that this is a trilogy in the first one. I think when I first played it, I never really caught on. I just sort of, I knew there was a sequel, but like, I think when Mass Effect 1 came out and how I was playing games, I just sort of consumed them as, if it does well, there'll be a sequel. There's no real planning. And and keep in mind, like I was a primarily like a Nintendo player. So really, yeah, you got that Nintendo game, you got the Mario, you got the Zelda they're like very loosely connected outside of just the very loosely. Yeah. Very loosely connected. Yeah. (laughs) So to play a product that is clearly establishing a trilogy, uh, is, is really cool. And I think it was the first game that I kind of played and I, and I know I'm late coming to these type of experiences, but it's kind of the first game I played that kind of had that look and feel and my first like sci-fi RPG type thing. And, just huge backstories for all these characters. And um, I'm, I, mean, I think I'm about, you know, six or seven hours into this now. And uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like you get all you, all your characters that are going to be uh, in your party pretty much right away. Um, you even said you hadn't gotten too far, but you're like right on the edge of, of picking up Liara, which is the last character that you add to your party, right? Yeah, so I basically, I had forgotten how long it took the story to kind of get going in that, like, you don't do a whole lot of combat. Like, they kind of sprinkle a little bit into the Citadel and, like, in the mission right before you go to the big meeting and stuff. Like, there's there's a little sprinkling of combat, but it's nothing crazy. There's no, like, boss fights or anything else. Like, it, it is very much like, I mean, I had the base sniper rifle and like I said I'm playing the vanguard which is very much about shotguns and get up in your face so I didn't even have any like specific sniper um like talents or anything like that and I was like literally one-shotting everything I came up against so I was just like you just take a second and aim for the head and kill them and move on (laughs) so it was it was very 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 easy basic combat um and then you have all of these conversations to have with people on your ship. You have all these conversations to have with people in the Citadel. And then you're like Ryan said, like kind of like picking up your characters and like kind of getting to know them a little bit. And every conversation, it's not just giving you backstory or like it is giving you backstory, but also every single time that you like talk to somebody and learn new things or whatever, you're influencing your renegade paragon like raids and you're gaining XP. So it's like 
there's an actual like game mechanic reason to go around and talk to everybody and like learn about their past and, and everything else. So, I mean, man, I just I had forgotten how much walking and talking you do <laughs> through the course of the first couple of hours of uh, of at least Mass Effect. Um, I don't I can't remember off the top of my head if that continues through the rest of the games. I do remember you getting thrown into combat really fast in three because um, basically the earth is ending. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like they just kind of like, oh, hey, you're here and the earth explodes. <laughs> yeah. So that was really quick. I remember that transition to combat was very fast, but I can't remember what they did in two. But in one, there's just man, there's so much walking and talking before they kind of like give you the keys to the Normandy and say, okay, you can choose your own path now. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of sort of explanation and mm -hmm. setup in Which the first one. Which is good because it does, it fills out the world a lot, right? Like you get hints at like previous combat or conflicts and they, they talk about wars that were fought and outcomes and, you know, why certain races may not like certain other races. And like there's a lot of world building that happens that I felt it wasn't too drawn out. I do. I was just surprised, like when I kind of put the controller down because your save files tell you how long you've been playing. I was kind of like, really? No way. No way. <laughs> like that felt like an hour and a half, maybe tops. And it's like, nope, you've been playing for almost five hours. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> I had a similar reaction when I was playing, and I and I, I remember buying Mass Effect One. Uh, uh, it was right before two came out and I was like, oh, if I'm going to play two, which was getting a lot of great previews, um, I got to play the first one. That was, that has always been me. I got to play, I got to finish the first one. And I think I got it for like five bucks at a used game store. And I just, I couldn't stop playing. I just, it, it was all, it, it wasn't about the missions. It wasn't about the combat. It was always about, I got to get through this combat so I can go back to the ship and talk to all my, you know, all my friends back on the ship and that's sort of how I've been approaching it this run through, because as I said, I'd, I've not played any of the games as Femship. I have not experienced um, a, a good selection of Jennifer Hale's, you know, Shepard. So you didn't even play three as Femship? No, I, I went through the whole thing as as uh, would it be male? Shep, oh, carrying your. Yeah. <laughs> what do we call him? <laughs> I think I, I guess you have Michep. to call him male Shep because it's or yeah, Michelle. I like Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I yeah, I did play through as uh, as John Shepard. <laughs> they never say the first name. It's it's always it's always Shepard. Um, so I just c carried my character through. I played on the 360. I guess I should mention I'm playing on the Series X. Uh, this this run through as well, and. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd not played it's as Femship. pretty smooth. Like, yeah. I don't know about, like, mentioning the Series X, I don't know about if your experience has been the same, although it should be very similar. Series X is only a few months old, right? So <laughs> we shouldn't have, like, vastly different experiences. But um, I have no, like, there's been a couple of spots after I've been, like, playing for a long stretch of time that I notice sometimes like when I come around a corner or something and it's like, cause the game still is, you know, mass effect. They didn't rebuild the whole entire thing. So um, the original game just for, you know, load times and whatever, it very much is split into like zones, I guess. Like if you think of, I guess think of a level, like a ruler and it's got, you know, like 12, 
one inch marks on it, right? That's almost like how the original Mass Effect was. It's like you've got your first inch, that part loads, you have that bit of combat, and then when you get to the end of that first inch, it loads the second inch, and then you're in that kind of area. And every time you transition between them, um, then there's like, there isn't a loading screen, but there's like a hiccup, <laughs> I guess. Like there's, a, you can tell the game's like, giving you the next part <laughs> so there's been a couple of those like seams i guess where i've gotten like a, a really really fast to the point that it took me like four or five times of it showing up to actually figure out what it said it, it flashed up and went away so quickly but it gives you like the the auto save like do not turn off your console we're saving your game yeah. message right but it's so fast like i say it took me four or five times to get it to read it <laughs> yeah, it, it is a very, uh, a lot of quick loads. Uh, Mass Effect is originally known for having these insanely long elevator rides. They would hide uh, yes. the, the the loading behind an elevator ride. But I didn't mind because honestly, it was, it, was, it was hidden by the fact that characters would have long conversations. And it was usually some of the best sort of banter back and forth. Uh, maybe not the best, but it was good banter. And it changes too, depending on who you've brought, right? Mm. Like different characters will have different conversations and have different questions depending on who they're riding in an elevator with, which is also, you know, not only interesting, but a good kind of reason if you're one of those like world building story loving completionists that like maybe you want to be trying out different combinations of people to see what they have to say to each other during these loading screens. But you can actually like skip it now. It's not, uh, or at least on the Series X, it's not a like forced load screen, but you're right, Ryan, like there's conversations between the people you've got in the elevator. There's like news reports that are coming over the speaker. Like there's lots of story and world building and information to be had in those elevators. But yeah, you can press A and just like skip that if you if you want to now because they don't need it for loading reasons. Yeah. And as soon as the dialogue finishes, uh, you you it, it just loads up yeah you just get get to where you're going <laughs> exactly and i have noticed sort of little little glitches here and there and i and i think you can kind of boil it down to the fact that they have done a lot of work to upgrade what is a 15 year old game especially this first one here yeah it's still an upgrade not a total rebuild which i i did notice a couple times even in the citadel which is like one of the more enclosed environments I get, like static environments, but like I had a quarry in that was like walking on top of a bench in place, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just just little stuff, like yeah. nothing, nothing major. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't play the first one. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's yeah, that's canon for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's this honestly, like I think when um, when folks remember Mass Effect, it is really about that. It's about the story. It's about the characters. You're setting up a whole roster of characters that are going to interact with you for the next two games. And I'm really, really happy with the amount of effort they, they put into trying to address some of the biggest issues from the first one. And I think what really shows a great remaster, and we've talked about this countless times on this show because we like to play these types of re-releases, is that if as you're playing it and you're, you can't remember whether this is kind of what it always looked like or how it always played or how it, how the UI always looked. Um, 
I, I get this feeling when I'm playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's like, you know, I know it didn't look like this. I know the UI was much more broken and the Mako, we won't even go there. But like, it <laughs> really feels like they nailed that. I think the Mako is worth talking about, though, because I do think that it has been improved because before it was like <laughs> game breakingly terrible. Like sure. it was the thing that made me bounce off of Mass Effect 1. But now it's slightly better. I still don't think it's a great vehicle. But at the same time, like you said, this is an updating, not a full rebuild, right? So those controls always were going to be tweaks, not necessarily full take it out and rebuild it, <laughs> which is kind of too bad because I was hoping that they might. But it comes down to dev resources, right? And I think they did spend their time in some really important places and some noticeable places that really just brought the game up to today's standards in a lot of ways. You mentioned the the UI and I think the Mako is something that was such a failure. They kind of realized that and you don't use it like it's it's very much a feature of Mass Effect 1 and not so much the other two. So it's still oddly controlled it's still very floaty and when you bounce off of things like the physics just don't even make sense which makes it very difficult to control but i think in the end it's better than it was and those missions aren't awful anymore they're still not good <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination but i can get through them now so I feel like that's okay. Like, I don't even think I got Liara in my first playthrough because you have to use the Mako to get to her. And like, I don't think I ever even made it through this level that I'm currently working on. Like, <laughs> I forgot how much they heavily featured the Mako. And I thought, you know, it's thinking, everywhere. <laughs> it's definitely everywhere. And I, I was surprised as soon as I launched into that Liara mission, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, they did have the Mako in main missions, like unskippable sequences where you had to drive. And, and it's not even like exciting driving or exciting yeah. shooting. <laughs> it's very much like they're in the enemies. You'd have to like stand there and just uh, have them shoot you without defending yourself to, to really die. Like, they're they're kind of just sporadically you know scattered across the road and you can kind of just pick them off from afar where you have missiles evidently you have a boost uh <laughs> you have your... that's okay i didn't know that there were missiles so there you go oh. i just knew that i had a, a the turret gun on top that's it <laughs> no the missiles are key because they they kind of they do splash damage and they take care of many enemies at once so you can move forward through this uh I would like, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't say it's a painful, it, it was painful when it first came out and it was clearly like they were going for that halo tank controls and they retain that here where you have to push forward and then steer slightly as, and I just hate that, that, that driving <laughs> style. I'm, I much prefer a separate throttle, right? Like, yeah, but I know they want to have evidently the boost on the, the, the left trigger and uh, <laughs> the machine gun and the missiles on the right side. So there really isn't like an easy sort of um, uh, control mapping for yeah, everything they wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. So it is what it is. But I, I remember the Mako being heavily featured in sort of the side missions where you're surveying and landing on random unexplored planets. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really hit a wall with the Mako, even in this remake where or sorry, remaster, 
where you land on a planet and there's usually like one objective that is critical to completing the planet. And then there's other things like, oh, there's some debris over here or there's some stuff to mine here. And the map kind of shows you the topography, like the the sort of um, uh, rise and fall of the landscape. But your car, your Mako, can't make it over just not just the slightest hills. You you mm-hmm. hit like a mountain range. That thing is you're going around, um, and there's no clear like roads, obviously, because it's an unexplored planet. But like, <laughs> how many times I tried to like get over a cliff only to just fall back, and I'm like, well, this is I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just not. It's fun. probably because you could you didn't know there was a boost. Use yeah. your left bumper and see if you can get up and over those humps. <laughs> I could have sworn I tried pulling all the buttons, and I think. <laughs> I think once I accidentally almost returned to the Normandy after like doing a planet for like a half hour, I just got scared of pushing all the buttons. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> nope, not worth it. And and they don't explain it to you. They they give you they yeah. tell you how to shoot, they tell you how to kind of drive, but um they have done some work to teach you how to play the game, but the first one is so different from the other two from a gameplay perspective. They they would have had to completely rebuild it to to make it exactly like the other two. But I think they struck like a good balance of addressing the concerns. Um, There's a great Digital Foundry uh, video where they kind of compare not only one, two, and three in this collection, but they compare each game to its original release. And I didn't even realize they like cleaned up some of the UI just in Mm -hmm. combat. And it's it's crazy the improvements there and usually with these remasters they leave the ui alone to to the game's detriment i mean i remember we played kingdoms of amalur amalur yeah and it was just it was just 360 all over the place and yeah uh, you felt it um so i really appreciate that they did the extra work to address that like it really feels like this is going to sound bad but it kind of just feels like a, a poorly sort of laid out um current generation game as opposed to oh right this is a 360 game you know Mm. no one's going to design the ui like this these days but they really did a good job to kind of bring it up to uh a more modern standard even if they didn't get all the way there which i mean i don't i don't hate the ui um i found that they didn't tell me what buttons to use as much as i would have hoped that they did i guess (laughs) like Because, I mean, specifically with my powers, um, you have to, like, go to a power wheel. And then when you're in the power wheel, which it does tell you about, it's like, hey, you know, push right bumper or whatever to get your power wheel. And then there's an option that just says, like, map your power. And so I was like, (laughs) okay. And then I was expecting to, like, tell it what button to use. And it didn't. It just said, okay, mapped. Congratulations. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but to where? I And I couldn't find in like the the menus anywhere uh, like a picture of the controller telling me what all the buttons did so i literally had to google it again i had to google a lot in my first few hours of mass effect and then they're like yeah well you bring up the power button with the right bumper i was like great and then you're like that was the explanation (laughs) i was like but how do i use it i'm a vanguard that's a big deal (laughs) so eventually i found out that if you just tap it then it will use the power that you have selected. <laughs> but man, that was a journey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're in the power wheel for everybody else's powers. And I really felt like 
you you are constantly bringing up that power wheel to queue up your your allies powers that oh you do so much more so much more than i do i put them on like auto i'm like i don't want to deal with you (laughs) they're on auto but like i i guess i just oh that guy has a shield i'm gonna make sure liara uses or tally uses overload or whatever to try to take the shield off and you don't have to go to that detail like i said i think mass effect one is balanced in a way where you can kind of pull yourself through combat but it's really about the story. It's really about the character interactions. Um, it's it's about your allies and and getting to know them. Uh, I'll say this though, I forgot. I forgot in Mass Effect One, and I don't remember this in two and three. But like in Mass Effect One, I'm just having converse. I think this is a Bioware problem in their sort of their earlier games uh, around the Mass Effect era. Is that I just start talking to my crew, and then anybody who's a romanceable option just starts to like get the feels for me and <laughs> i had to like well, ryan you're so irresistible who well, wouldn't <laughs> the the new femship i gotta say like they did a really good job of building you know what what i remember of if femship in mass effect 3 where they actually used her in the marketing and and built it in the engine of one like it really works works quite well but that being said like once i recruited liara and i'm having conversations with uh with caden and like caden's like telling me these stories and i'm just responding with there's three options one of which is like don't talk to me i'm the commander and the other two are more pleasant so of course i always choose the pleasant ones and then <laughs> Le- i'm talking to liara and i think it's basically like be an asshole option be neutral option or like a fawn all over him option why can't i just <laughs> like- be positive without people <laughs> No, Ryan, there's a, that you just keep pushing the fl- the flirt button. That's all it is. You're just like, hi, Caden, flirt, 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 flirt. Hi, Liara, flirt, 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 well, flirt. <laughs> we had a, we had a, I had to sort that out because like after one of the missions, you know, Caden's like, so uh, what's this going on? You and Liara, I've heard some people are Whoa. talking. And then Liara's <laughs> like, what's your relationship with Caden? Like, I, I, I get this feeling that you're closer than friends. And I'm like, man, we've been on one mission. <laughs> Can we just keep moving Slow for a little bit? Slow your roll, guys. So Come I had to like, <laughs> don't worry about it. And then I, I talked to I talked to Kate and I was like, look, let's just, that was just on the battlefield type stuff. I think that was the literal <laughs> thing she said. And uh, I forgot how quickly things started in that game. Um, and, and there are limited romance <laughs> options uh, in the first one. They really expand it in the second and third. But I think the first one's like, your typical, uh, I think there's like one option. Well, there's Liara for both male and female. And then you have Ashley on the male side. And then, <laughs> yeah, I forgot how bad she was. She's the worst. She's kind of, the, she like, is the worst. The worst. Oh my God. <laughs> and again, as someone who's coming to this story fairly fresh, I mean, I hate her. Like, I am going through and, like, choosing, like, all of the Paragon options. I'm playing through as, like, nicey-nice for the vast majority. There was one dude in a bar that I was like, oh, man, okay, yeah, no, this guy this guy is getting the I will punch you in the balls answers. <laughs> but everybody else, everybody else I've been super nice to. And then Ashley comes on the scene, and I'm like, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and, and this is the worst. Like I'm choosing the the be mean to her options, hoping that at the end she'll just die. Well, <laughs> like, have I got a nice surprise for you? <laughs> like 
want her gone. She's horrible. <laughs> well, you should keep playing Mass Effect 1. <laughs> I don't know what choices you made in the Mass Effect 2 comic, but you're going to have your opportunity, and it's yeah. going to be a very oh, easy man. choice for you. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, having if you, if you missed Mass Effect 1, it's really interesting that I think you, you miss that early part of Mass Effect 1, like, Ashley is very much, like, against working with the alien races. And and you, you can put her in her place. And I think she gets a little better. Like, you kind of, you teach her that she's wrong. You know, you have uh, you have Rex on your team. You have Liara. You have plenty of uh, non-human characters on your team. Garrus. Garrus, yeah, and Tally. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a couple of Solarians that pop in. But I, I don't think they're as heavily featured in the first one. Um, but yeah, she is not, she's not great at the start. Like she's very, and you can, you can tell her, like, you can basically say to her, like, look, like this is the way it is and you need to shape up or ship out, you know, that sort of thing. And I think she kind of caught that, but I don't know. She just, she's not great. (laughs) I don't know why I kept her (laughs) around when I, when I first played it, but although Caden, who is the other option in, in this future decision, like he's also kind of bland as well. So I feel like, so the difference I find between Ashley and Caden is very much, which is super weird that we're having this conversation. I'm trying not to like even think about it. (laughs) But um, yeah, like the, the difference between Ashley and Caden is Caden is very like milk toast. Like he is, (laughs) like kind of typical bland boring soldier dude there's there's nothing like he does have like the the biotic thing but even when you're talking to the doctor you're just like oh here's all the horrible terrible things that could happen with like the l2 implants oh but caden just gets headaches it's like oh so even the most interesting thing about him that could go a hundred different ways he just gets headaches he just takes space (laughs) tylenol and he's fine yeah and then he's fine yeah he has to go lay down for a bit (laughs) like so it's totally like he's just he is a little bit bland but like at least he's not an asshole. Like, Ashley's not that interesting of a character, and she's super racist and really, like, mean. <laughs> so I'm just like, you are giving me no reasons at all to want to keep you on my crew. If I had the option to leave you behind on whatever that planet. original planet was, that yeah. Prime something, Eden Prime, if if I had the option to just fly away without you, I would have. Yeah. Given the <laughs> like, choice between Ashley and Caden, you would you would leave one of them on a planet to die. Absolutely. And, and you would play through the next two games interacting with uh, with with Caden over Ashley. Like I, I understand that 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 feeling you're having right now. And I think uh you'll be pleasantly surprise by continuing to play this game um (laughs) it's weird like there are there are six uh characters i think i mean now my my math may be off but there are there are six allies that you can have on your team and you can kind of pick and choose as you go and i think when i think back to my original playthrough i didn't play much with i didn't have caden on my team very much um i didn't use rex a whole lot and actually like I don't know how much spoilers we want to do, but like Rex didn't make it out of my playthrough due to just like a, Oh, I wonder if I do this. And it's like, Whoa, they went there. And, uh, the game does do its best. The series does its best to kind of replace characters if Mm -hmm. they, if they do die and they kind of have like, um, I don't want to say carbon copies, 
but they kind of have like placeholder characters like okay if rex didn't make it through one you get grunt in two and onwards Mm -hmm. and they did the same thing miranda's the other one yeah, Miranda comes in. Um, two actually has like a lot of these main characters. I think the only carry throughs are Garrus and Tally, and they kind of replace mm-hmm. everybody else uh, on your team. They they're they're in the games. Liara's um, there, yeah, but she's not on your team. I don't think. Or you do maybe recruit her again in three. You do in Can't three. Remember? Yeah. yeah, in two she's off doing her own thing. You do interact with her a little bit. She features heavily with one of the final DLC pieces for two. But, um, you know, Ashley is sort of off on some planet. You run into her. She doesn't like you very much, uh, you know, for some reason. I can't really remember. Uh, But it's it's interesting how they kind of, you know, shoo away the main cast in the second one and then bring them back in the third one. And maybe that's from a design perspective. It's just easier Mm. to kind of, you know, remove them from the situation in two. I mean, two had the big suicide mission, so there's like a lot of replacement characters that can show up in three yeah (laughs) Uh, although yeah it's i'm really excited i mean let's not kid ourselves i don't think i'm going to be able to finish one two and three anytime soon but i am hoping to play through one and get into two before i move on to something else you know like i i do want to kind of see through the first one at the very least because i it's the farthest removed for me and i i am really enjoying the story I'm I'm not quite in the same boat. I feel like there's a lot of stuff right now in my other gaming worlds that's kind of like falling off a little bit. Like I have some time right now to get into this. So I feel like I really do like want to play it through kind of start to finish. Um, obviously, Mass Effect 3 is the one that's freshest in my head. And even that, like I vaguely remember the major plot points, <laughs> but like I can't even for the, the most Part. I can't even remember like names of characters and things, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I remember that I chose to romance the frog guy. <laughs> oh yeah, in, in Mass Effect Two, yeah, because I knew. Oh, Thane, yeah, there you go, yeah, because I knew he was gonna die. So I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> but then doesn't he show up in three? Like he, he does, yeah, yeah, yeah but he's like super sick and dying, but not for long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like again, like I'm, I'm worried about like. I know the game's been out for over 10 years. The series has been completed for 10 years. Uh, but it's like, I don't know if I want to, I, I don't want to spoil it in this specific moment because there could be people coming to this for the first time and you are coming to one. I have seen a lot of people who are, and I mean, I feel like I've already been spoiled because we've done like full on spoiler cast of two and three, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I've already been spoiled on stuff that happens and I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, but you're right. I have seen a lot of people who are like, hey, I never played Mass Effect. Like, is it worth getting into? And I think it definitely is. It's a great world and a great story. The first one, Mass Effect, even the um, like the remastered edition does still show its age. Like I said, in some of the animations and some of the like cutscenes and things, you can you can see a little bit of those like rough edges but I think it holds up well enough, and I think that they've updated the controls enough that it's something that you can get through. I mean, considering, again, it's a 14 to 15-year-old game, it is something that you can get through and really enjoy, and that'll kind of pull you through to the to the newer entries into the series. And so I think they did a really good job kind of bridging that gap, and I think it's worth playing because, again, the universe, as someone who comes to this not a fan of sci-fi. Like, I generally don't play sci-fi. I don't really enjoy it. But, like, 
this is really good. <laughs> so I think that with all of the story that there is to play in this, I think it's worth it if you didn't play it the first time around. This will stand up to current game standards enough to to see the story. Yeah, it, you have to go into the first one focusing on the story because here's the thing, like the music, the sound design, like the sound of the characters, the dialogue, the story, the writing, all that is really good and stands the test of time. Like this is better than games coming out now from a storytelling standpoint. There's a reason this this the first three games that in this people franchise. still talk about this exactly like the, yeah. there's a there's a reason for that and yes the gameplay is rough in one it was rough rougher when it launched mm-hmm. um and i am really looking forward to getting to two to see like okay one holds up in, in from a standpoint of like i remember it being kind of this janky because you know cover is snap two as opposed to pushing of a button you can't yep. sort of um you can't hop over cover. You kind of have to leave cover, which is awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the powers don't seem to snap to your targets very well. So sometimes you're you're shooting your. Um, I'm 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 playing as a vanguard as well. I think. I don't think I've hit anything with my warp yet. <laughs> exactly, and and the warp. I think I have. Uh, I think I have toss or something where I just shoot like a ball of energy at someone to you know mapped. And even then, like, it barely connects. Uh, So, like, that sort of stuff is all fixed and addressed in 2 and 3. And it just, it would have been so much work for them to fix it in 1, so I understand it. But what they've done to kind of get you through the story in 1 into 2 is really well done here. And the combat, outside of a couple instances, you can kind of just, you know, work your way through it. Like, use your cover, use your powers, don't let the enemies sort of overwhelm you, and you'll be fine. Uh, And Mm -hmm. if you do find the combat kind of getting to you, don't be afraid to, like, turn the difficulty down. Because really, the first one, it's all about the story and suffering through the Mako sections. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. How long is the main story in the first Mass Effect? Mm, You could probably get through just the main story and... 30 hours like from a from an rpg standpoint like they're not super long mm-hmm. uh, i actually did look this up because i was i was like okay how long am i gonna have to commit before i can get to two and i think it's like 30 to 40 hours depending on if you're doing all the side content and stuff which in the first one do you really have to is it like trying to get your renegade paragon levels up or is it just like you can kind of just go through the main story and call it a day? Because in the in three, at least, there was that whole galactic readiness thing, which was like partly side quest, partly multiplayer, which obviously the multiplayer is not featured in the Legendary Edition at this time. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But um, yeah, basically, there were like external things that you had to do to get the quote unquote good ending in two and three. But can you just like mainline the story in the first one and not even worry about it? Yeah, you can. I would recommend for the first one, you know, focus on the main, you know, the main line quests. Don't get caught up in uh, the side quests unless they're sort of on the main path. Talk to your characters, talk to your allies within the ship after every mission. And that will sort of that's the progression you're looking for. That's the mm. story moments you're looking for. Some of those uh, characters will give you specific side quests to get more. Like they'll say, the, the dialogue is basically, 
ah, oh, this is the reason I'm here and this is the reason I'm looking for this thing. And you, you answer, oh, I'll help you find that thing. And then the character will say, oh, right, thanks, but make sure you take me with you. And that's sort of the cue of like, oh, this was an important dialogue. It's unlocked a side quest. Do those side quests because they're going to lead to more story for that specific character. But really, like, don't worry about... Um, you don't have to worry about the side content unless it interests you. There are a lot where I think I did one of the, it's the mission after you get Liara and you do all of the, you do the main quest, you take care of the big bad on the planet. And um, it's the Geth that have taken over this like factory. And you find out the people working at the factory have been like taking advantage of this new colony that's there. And one of the guys who works at the factory is like, Hey, I need you to go back into that Geth HQ and uh take all the data off of off of one of the data pads there and it, and it's like i'm not going to do that for you i am going to the next mission because i'm not going back into that gethy why didn't you tell me that before <laughs> i talked to you already several times and now you're saying that i need to go back man i was just there it's crawling with geth and yeah. <laughs> uh it's there's stuff like that where you can safely ignore it and move on to the next planet there's nothing there's no like meter, but if you want to progress your Paragon uh, meter, there is like a there is a bar on your character screen that shows you like how your progression through the Paragon or Renegade system. Uh, there's obviously like talents to unlock, so that's really the only progression. The first one is is just talk to your characters, do their side missions, but really like it becomes critical in two and three to do a lot of that side stuff and and have a lot of conversations with your characters. Because that unlocks your readiness to, I mean, literally the second one, they're building up, the, the marketing was even building like a like a suicide mission. And mm-hmm. it is it is that. Like if you're not careful and you don't do everything, you're going to lose characters for good. And yeah. uh, three obviously had the the whole like, yeah, as you said, mission readiness, which was very critical um, to defeating the Reapers. But yeah, the first one, just, just, just mainline it talk to your characters that's my that's what i'm going to do but if you get caught up in the weeds of the side content because you're you're enjoying it that's fine as well yeah that's that's also a good outcome (laughs) absolutely exactly uh so we're going to be looking at the mass effect legendary edition a few more times as we move through the games um as we said off the beginning most of what we have already played is the first game so we're going to be giving you guys overviews of the second and third in the coming weeks whenever we happen to get to them we're not making any promises as of now because i literally don't know how much of that 30 to 40 hours i'm going to play or how much i'm going to stretch it into 50 60 70 however many side quests there are so Yeah, I'm not going to rush through this content. I'm really enjoying it. I think if you haven't played Mass Effect, this is definitely worth your time. I think it's probably the best remaster that we've played so far. And they obviously have put a lot of work in. So um, I think it's worth your time. Uh, You can always wait for a sale, too, because these remasters usually go on sale pretty quickly and for like a lot off. So you could also wait a few months and get your hands on it then, but I think it is worth uh, worth your time, worth a try. Uh, if you guys would like to support the show, if you like the content we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support the show. We are currently looking for our next featured patron. So again, that is patreon.com slash thegamersin. That brings us to the news section of the show. And as I alluded to a couple minutes ago, we are we do have a little piece of potentially good news. Um, the Legendary Edition, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Project Director has told us that the multiplayer from Mass Effect 3 could potentially return. Now, 
I read an article. I can't remember which dev they were talking to, um, but somebody high up on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition team basically said they knew how much everybody loved the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. They didn't have the developer resources to put into it and thought that the single player content was more important, which realistically it is. It's it is it is the game, right? So I think uh, it made a lot of sense. They wanted to um, put out the best possible single player game that they could. And that just meant that they didn't have the resources to pour into multiplayer because there were a lot of different moving parts and it was easier to just take the multiplayer out of Mass Effect 3. Like we were just talking about the whole galactic readiness thing was tied to some of your play over on the multiplayer side. So they just kind of stripped it out of three, which I am interested to see what that looks like on Mass Effect 3 without having to to dive over into the multiplayer. But um, yeah, they said it was easier to pull the multiplayer out than it was to try to fix it and make sure that everything worked. And uh, yeah, but now they're saying that they might actually um, kind of pour some resources into this because Mass Effect 3 Legendary, or sorry, Mass Effect Legendary Edition does seem to be doing well. So Ryan, multiplayer, I know we loved it. I know we loved it. (laughs) But like, are you stoked about this news or kind of on the fence? Or would you even play Mass Effect 3 multiplayer if they re-released it? I would play it. I mean, honestly, if not to just relive... Uh, the GIS gamer is down uh, memes <laughs> and longtime fans oh will, God. will understand that, uh, especially those that have stuck through our extra live streams. I, I I understand where um, a lot of the quotes I've seen have come from the project director, uh, Mac Walters, who's kind of given interviews to CNET and IGN and stuff talking about uh, the multiplayer. And, you know, pre-release they said a lot of the you know it just didn't make the cut there was a lot of questions of like everyone expects cross-play what do we do with the ps3 and 360 players because the servers are still live you can play yeah you can still play the old version (laughs) exactly so those questions are are tough to answer when you when you know it's going to be a lot of work and you don't know Mm -hmm. what the reception to this is going to be I think the reception has been really positive, so it's likely that they that they look at a multiplayer edition with with a you know a more favorable light. Um, so I, they say never say never to this. Uh, will it happen? They've got a lot of questions to, to answer first. I mean, if we're just gonna like you know dream design it, I, I am. I think it would be fine to drop the PS3 and 360, like leave those servers alone. Definitely don't touch them because that usually gets people yeah, upset. Yeah, that gets people really upset. I mean, that's just vanilla wow all over again. <laughs> that's Blizzard in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. they did it with War- Warcraft 3. Um, I don't, I think they merged it with StarCraft. But besides the point, like, I think you leave the, you, you leave that alone. You sunset that stuff when Microsoft and Sony, you know, eventually sunset 360 services. They're already starting to do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at making you know bringing that community forward maybe you add the multiplayer down the road when there have been some sales so it's less of a sting of like i gotta buy a new game to continue playing my multiplayer and i and i think you you do you try to do cross play i I think cross play between pc and xbox is a much easier road i mean if we've learned anything from the epic apple trial it's that sony does not like to play ball with this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff and it's just i think like if you want to do crossplay, I'm fine with them taking the easy route as well. You know, do PC, Xbox, leave PlayStation on their own. But if you can make it all work, that's great. 
Um, but the core issue there is like crossplay now is is I don't want to say easy to design for, but it's easier to design for than going back to a ten year old code base and being like, okay, how do I make this work across multiple platforms? Like that just wasn't even a thing, you know, in twenty eleven. Crossplay wasn't something that designers were doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I could see that being an issue. But honestly, if they just brought it back and uh, map the, the 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 engine improvements to the multiplayer and uh, and went that route, I'd be totally fine with that. I, I think they'd have to address the loot crate situation because mm-hmm. um, there was a bit of that. There was no there was very basic progression. I think you just earned credits and you used them to buy the loot boxes that unlocked like yeah. the ammo and upgrades and characters. Yeah, and stuff. I don't. I don't ever remember, and maybe this is just me, like, rose-colored glasses, the whole situation. I don't remember, like, paying more real money at any point in time to get more crates in multiplayer. And, again, maybe that's just me not remembering it properly. I remember going in and buying crates, like, with the currency that I earned by grinding multiplayer. Um, But I don't remember actually using real money. So, but I mean, just loot crates in general have really fallen out of favor outside of like card packs like Hearthstone. Like, obviously, those are just loot boxes and, you know, like but people call them card packs and for some reason it doesn't count, but that's exactly <laughs> what they are. Um, and so, but outside of that, I think just in gaming in general, companies are tending to move away from those type of models. So, I don't know if they would want to bring it back. I'm not sure. Again, without the without the addition of real money, it's it's kind of hard to say. But um, overall, I think it was a really fun system. I would be like open to the idea because obviously, when we're talking about this, this is a like rumor, like could return, not is coming back. So it's not in development at this point in time at all. Uh, so we're looking at probably a year or two out from now. Like this isn't something that three months from now they're going to be like, hey, guess what we got? Here you go. So in that scenario, I think I'd be OK with throwing some more dollars their way in order to get the multiplayer content, like some sort of DLC situation. I I think I'd be OK with that because like. I think it would be different if the multiplayer had been promised with the legendary edition and then pulled out at the last minute. Like that's different, but they were very upfront saying like, Hey, there's no multiplayer. I mean, I didn't know that, but to be honest, I was not paying attention to this like at all. I was just like, it'll come out when it comes out. So I wasn't really reading a lot of the news, but I mean, when I went back and like actually looked at everything, I was like, Oh yeah, they, For people that were paying attention, they were all over saying like, no, there's no multiplayer. There's no multiplayer. There's no multiplayer. Like, so I don't think that they like dropped the ball on that communication at all. I don't feel like they took something away that they're going to want me to pay for later. So all that being said, I would be comfortable giving them, you know, like 15, 20 bucks, whatever for a DLC in a couple of years to play Mass Effect 3 multiplayer again, because it was a really fun experience. And there aren't a whole lot of multiplayer experiences right now that just are designed around co-op and co-op alone. I find I'm playing against people a lot, which is fine and fun and okay. But like, sometimes I just want to chill and hang out with my friends and do something. 
And that was always what Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was, right? Like we were never playing against each other. We were like playing against our previous run and trying to like do better and up the difficulty and figure out how to make it past those really punishing waves. And like, oh my God, what happens when we have three Banshees on the map? Like <laughs> those were those fun, creative, crazy situations that, you know, helped us bond. <laughs> and I would be totally down for like some sort of here for a little bit of money in a couple of years, play some multiplayer, like, cause they're going to have to put dev time into it. So I don't have a problem rewarding dev time. Yeah. Well, you mean you could give uh Bioware and EA money now and just play mass effect Andromeda. It has, it has multiplayer. No, but... no, never. Yeah. Won't happen. <laughs> the game is terrible. They already have my money for it, but it's terrible. That's true. <laughs> I, I played all the way through that game, and uh, it's. I think it's it's ruined by the by the fact that it's coming after the Mass Effect trilogy. And uh, but but from a multiplayer perspective, I I agree with you. Like co op, the the Mass Effect three multiplayer ruined all other multiplayer for me. It's the only right? type of multiplayer I like to play. <laughs> And um, I think even after new consoles came out, we hooked the 360s back up. Or no, well, I think For we played years. it on Xbox. Yeah. For years we did that. Like, uh, mostly around Extra Life, but like still... We went back to that well for a good four or five years after we stopped playing Mass Effect 3. Like, even after Andromeda came out, like we yeah. were still still in that multiplayer. It's decent content. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. And that's where they really, I think Mass Effect 3, they really worked on the powers. And then they brought that over to multiplayer. And I think that's why it works so well. So, yeah, I, I think if uh, I, I think if there is this sort of... Um, this positive you know movement to get multiplayer into this legendary edition i could see it happening as you said probably a year you know do it on the anniversary of the legendary edition you've got at least two or three more years of of time to market and hype up the next mass effect but mm -hmm. this entire conversation this, this past week of playing these games these these remastered games has I gotta say it like it's kind of made me uh, look forward to the next Mass Effect in in a way where I think they can do it. You know, maybe they learned their mistakes from Andromeda and from Anthem, and we're going to see a proper return from Bioware. Look, like I'm still gonna wait for the reviews, and I did that with this one. The reviews have all been positive from the standpoint of returning to a 15 year old, you know, game. But I'm excited for where Mass Effect goes next. I will say, yeah, I think we were both really excited about the fact that they were working on it. But I, you know, I'm halfway proud of us for how long we held off actually ordering our copies of this. Like, I literally bought this on Sunday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see people who jump into it like right away on Friday and Saturday and see what they have to say. And for the most part, I mean, obviously there were negative reviews. I think it went from like on Steam, it was negative reviews on Friday to mostly positive on Saturday. And by the time I picked it up, it was like very positive or whatever. It's like, there's always going to be people who hate things for the sake of hating things and, and being negative just sells on the internet right now. So I definitely took some things with a grain of salt, but at the same time, like I do think that they've done a really good job with this. And uh, yeah, just... 
don't pay attention to the internet, you guys. Sometimes they're just jerks for the sake of being jerks or sarcastic for the sake of being sarcastic. But it's yeah. good. It's fun. Go play Mass Effect, everyone. I know I'm going to. Yeah, probably going to go play right, right after this. Literally right now. So <laughs> if you guys want to jump into the Discord, you can do that to talk to us and tell us all the reasons why we're rock about Mass Effect and the remaster. Uh, you can join the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, and Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>